Well, howdy to each and every one of you. Good to have you in the Lord's service today. If you are uh, viewing through our Facebook uh, or our YouTube, we're glad that you have joined us today and uh, hope that you'll receive a blessing from our message today, which is called Touched by the Hand of the Master. Touched by the Hand of the Master. The verse that has been on my mind all week long here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 is an old verse of scripture that one that I learned early in our my Christian life when it says therefore if any man be in Christ he is a new creature old things are passed away behold sometimes we leave that out behold <laughs> look all things are become new. All things are become new. The title that I used today, Touched by the Hand of the Master, I was watching a documentary on the life of Diedrich Bonhoeffer. If you don't know who Diedrich Bonhoeffer is, well, go and Google it. I don't have time to tell you about it today, but he was one that uh, was persecuted for uh, standing up against Adolf Hitler and Nazism. And in his life, or his early life, he went to a Baptist church. Actually, it was what, the, what we would call today African-American church. And he said, he, he, in that church, he said they had a, uh, a such a freedom and he said their songs I love their songs and one of them and they played a clip from the song it was entitled touched by the hand of the master and I just kind of started humming that after I had heard it which I do quite often and then I got to thinking the touch of the hand of the master what a great thought that the Lord touches us which brought me to the thought of other songs that we sing about the touch that comes from the Lord. One of my favorites is He Touched Me, Bill Gaither's song, He Touched Me. And everything is different. Everything is changed because we have been touched. And we refer to our salvation that we have in Christ as the Lord touched us. We... Uh, in our home church in Jacksonville, Arkansas, we used to sing a kind of a chorus song, and it was in, it went, glory, 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 somebody touched me. And as we would sing that song, it would start out, and it would say, it was on a Sunday that somebody touched me. And everybody that was saved on Sunday, which is a good number of the congregation would stand up and they would remain standing and then we would sing the chorus and then we would go back it was on a monday and everybody that was saved on a monday if they could remember that day that they came to know the lord uh, it might have been a revival meeting it might have been in church camp it might have been beside your bed or maybe you don't remember what day it was that would have been my case i couldn't remember what day it was I just every time we'd sing it, I'd pick a different day, <clears throat> and then and we'd go through through all the all the way through Saturday night, 
and uh, sing that song. And then we would say, uh, if you don't know what number, what day it was, we would say it was on a someday. It was on a someday, whatever day it was of the week. Don't remember, but it was one day, it was a someday that I accepted Jesus as my Savior. And for those that still were seating that had never trusted Christ, had never had a conversion experience, uh, we would sing, it was on a one day, or a someday, a someday that I was, that I will, I was touched by the Lord. I will be touched by the Lord. And we, uh, and we, it took about 10 minutes to sing that song, <laughs> but we sang it with great fervency. I really always enjoyed that. And so, there are several accounts throughout the Bible that people were touched by uh, the hand of the Lord. One that I, I chose to make mention of is found in the Mark in Mark chapter one, and verse uh, beginning with verse forty. It says, "And there came a leper to him, came a leper to Jesus, beseeching him and kneeling down to him and saying unto him, If thou wilt, canst thou make me clean?" I thought that was an unusual question. Last. You know, uh, if you can make me clean, Jesus has been doing miracles, hand over fist. And Jesus moved with was moved with compassion, and he put forth his hand, and he touched him. Now, it was pretty unusual for a, actually, almost, you never heard of a Jew touching a leper, because they were considered unclean. And saying him unto him, I will be thou Clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy was departed from him, and he was cleansed, and he straightly charged him forthwith and sent him away. And I'm sure that he went away singing, I was touched by the hand of the master. <laughs> I don't guess he knew that song back then, but, uh, or maybe uh, it was, uh, he touched me. Or glory, 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 somebody touched me. And we realize, and you've probably heard sermons on the healing of lepers and how that leprosy is a type of sin, that you are cleansed from leprosy. And so today we also are cleansed of our sin when we sing, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus can wash away my sin. And so that's a great account of a person that was touched by the hand of the Lord. But spiritually today, there is a special touch that the Lord has. You see, there's something about being, uh, something special about the hand of Jesus when he touched People. When people touched him, either might even just been the hem of his garment, whatever it might be, the touch of the Lord brought physical changes, but it can also bring spiritual sal salvation, which is a spiritual touch. And the day that I knelt before the Lord Jesus and received him as my Savior, I would honestly say, he touched me. There wasn't any thunder and lightning. There was no audible voice came out of the sky. But when I got up off my knees, I knew for the first time in my life that I was right with God because he had touched me. He had touched me. And a lot of people thought I was touched <laughs> mentally uh, because things changed dramatically in my life. And so there's something 
new. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, Paul said. There's something special about being touched by the hand of Jesus and getting new things. We love new things, don't we? We love new things. We love new babies, don't, don't we, brother? Our genus love those new babies. We like the old babies, but when you get a new one, it's a wonderful thing. Or maybe a new car, amen? Get that new car. Whether it's an old car or whatever, it's new to you. And then there's things like a new home. You get a new home. Nothing like a new home. We never had a new home, but we had a home that's new to us. And so uh, it's a great day. Or just a suit of new clothes. You know, a new clothes. And so we always get excited when we put on those new dudes, duds. Not dudes, but duds. And so Paul makes a statement here that brings light to those that are in darkness. Hope to those that are helpless, help to the helpless, life to the lifeless, and he refers to a new life, a new beginning. And I believe he was talking about himself. Those things were new when Jesus touched him on the Damascus Road. He was a hot-headed young Pharisee. His, his goal in life was to... Uh, wipe out this thing that was called Christianity. To do away with those that were, quote, in the way. Those that were in the Christian way, the living way, the way of Christ. Followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. He wanted to eradicate them from the face of the earth. They were a threat to the Jewish community. And so today we understand Paul had a dramatic change, became the great Apostle Paul. His first name was Saul, Saul of Tarsus. But he had a sunstroke on the road to Damascus, amen. Not a S-U-N, but a S-O-N. And he said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Asked the seminary professor one time, when was Paul saved? He said, when he said, what wilt thou have me to do? He made an unconditional surrender. And that's what salvation is. And unconditional to Jesus Christ. And so, as we look into this message today, I want to just make, take it apart and put it back together, okay? If you can do that. First of all, consider his new position. Paul had a new position. He says, that if any man be in Christ, in Christ, and, and he uses that throughout the writing of his epistles. The Pauline epistles, and I just jotted down a few of them, about half of them. Uh, you can find this term in Christ in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, Romans 3, 24, Romans 8, 1 and 2, uh, Romans 12, 5, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 2, and also verse 30, Galatians 2, 4, and also verse 16, Ephesians 1, 3, and also verse 10, and 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And verse 16, and a lot of some of the other epistles, he has those, that term, in Christ. If any man be in Christ. First of all, let me say that it is inclusive. He said, if any man. I like that. I like the thought that if any person, you know, I'm just talking about a, a male, but he's talking about any person. Any man be in Christ. He's a new creature. It tells me that all are invited to come to Christ. I know there are people that 
teaches that, you know, that the Lord picked out those that were going to be saved and the rest of them he didn't love and they're going to die and go to hell. And I want you to know I don't believe the Bible teaches that. All are invited. He invites the sinful to come. He always has. Isaiah of old said what? He said, come, uh, you know, come, all you that are, no, no, I said, what did he say? Come now, let us reason together. I've seen a moment there. Come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. He is in the cleansing business of the sinful of the sinfulest. I'm here to tell you today, not only the sinful, but also the weary. Matthew 11:28. what did Jesus say? Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It's for the whosoever, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have whatever lasting life. Any man be in Christ. And he said, whosoever the Father giveth me comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. I, you know, the Lord knocked at my heart many times and I turned him away but the first time that I knocked at his door he answered he will not turn you away he is magnetic to the center magnetic to the center in John chapter 12 and in verse 32 and Jesus said and I if I be lifted up from the earth will draw all men unto me talking about the cross and that's where Jesus made it possible for us to come to him. And he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. And when we see Jesus on the cross, and we see him bleeding and dying and bearing our sins and, and uh, suffering our judgment there in our place, it draws us to him. The cross is a place of love. It's a place of love. And it draws us magnetically to him. Jesus is security for the believer. Security for the believer. We're looking for security, aren't we? We are security conscious people, are we not? If you don't believe if you believe that, shake your head like that, yeah. We are. We got you got you got door locks on your car? Yeah, you do. You probably got an alarm at your house. You know, we 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 got guns and and clubs and everything else because we want to be secure in our homes, don't we? Got dogs that bark. Somebody walks down the street. Do everything that we possibly can. Even got a got a spy machine on your on your on your doorbell, don't you? Uh huh. Somebody crosses mows your grass every time. You know, I had a friend of mine had one of those, and every time somebody crossed his sidewalk in front of his house, the thing rang his telephone. He spent 15 minutes in there watch, answering, asking to see who's walking in front of his front door. Security conscious. And Jesus said, I will give unto them, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. I'm here to tell you, if you're in the hands of Jesus, not only have you been touched, but you're safe and you're secure. Amen. Amen. Glad you agree with me. And so if you are in Christ, you are secure in heaven. He is heaven to the homeless. He's heaven to the homeless. I, when, I am, when I was saved, 
I'm here to tell you that I not only was heaven born, but I was heaven bound. Wrote my name in the book of life. In Ephesians 1, uh, in verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. In Christ, I have a reservation in heavenly places. In the Father's house, Jesus said to his disciples, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, in my Father's house, on many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there, you may be also. And so today... We are thankful and grateful that he has a home for the homeless. I'm glad to tell you today that I'm just a stranger and a pilgrim down here. We're just passing through. We're all going to die. You know, when I was younger, I used to think, well, I know some people that have died. Older I got, I thought, well, I know more people that I died. I got a little bit older. You know, what? I, I said, I've got some friends that have died. And it wasn't just too long ago, I had the light turned on, and I said, sooner or later, we're all going to die. We're all, we're all headed to the grave if the Lord delays his coming, amen? And we're going to do more living on the other side of the grave than we do down here. And when we catch that thought, we get our eyes looking to the heavenly home. One of these days, we're going home. And so we find that to be in Christ is a new position. It is the best position that you can be in. Amen. We'll pay a lot of money to get front row seats. And I, by the way, let me say I'm going to that concert tonight. Y'all got me in the artist circle. Whew, I've never been in the artist circle before. I don't know what it is, but I'm looking forward to it. You know, you go, when you go to a football game, where do you want to be? You want to be on the 50-yard uh, line, don't you? You go to the baseball game, but BJ took me to the baseball game. We had watched the Rangers, and we were right behind home plate. That's as good as it gets. As good as it gets. We like the, the best seats. <laughs> and I want you to know that in Christ, we have a great seat. Number two, not only does he, in Christ, do we have a new personality, but when the Lord touches us, he gives us a new personality. We become a new creature. A new creature, literally, it means a new creation it's not a remake of the old it's something that is brand spanking new and he has the power to change us isn't it good to be changed i know i'm not what i ought to be and i'm not what i'm going to be i thank the lord that i'm not what i was because he changed me he touched me he changed he has the power to change our sinful nature if you hadn't guessed it by now from my preaching that we are all sinners we all have a sinful nature the bible tells us in the book of ephesians that we are by nature the children of wrath and we ought to learn that early on because we see how bad kids are don't we i heard about this little boy and he was just a ringtail tutor and mama finally got her crawl full of his antics and so she just took him and put him in the clothes closet. 
And everything got kind of quiet in there after he quit bawling. And she went to the door. She said, what are you doing in there? What have you been doing in there? He said, well, I spit on your shoes. I spit on your dress. And I spit on your coat. She said, well, what are you doing right now? He said, I'm waiting for more spit. <laughs> That's how bad we are. And you must admit, sometimes you get so mad at something that you want to spit, don't you? <laughs> and that's not the Christian thing to do. That's the wrong thing to do. And so, but the truth of the matter is that we are sinners. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the Bible says that we have this nature. Peter said we're like, like a pig that goes back to the mire. You can take a pig and you can dress it up. You can clean it up. You can wash it. You can put a bow on it. You can put some Chanel number no. 5 on it. Give it a bed at the, at the foot of your bed. Or sleep with it if you want to. But the first time that pig gets loose, you know where it's going to go. It's going to go for the mud pole. The mud hole. Why is that? Because it's got the nature of a pig. That's why it's easier for us to sin than it is to do good. Hmm? Oh, me. <laughs> because we have the nature. And even though we've been saved, we still got the old nature. And there, Paul said there's a squabble that goes between the two, the good nature and the bad nature. Which one wins is the one we feed the most spiritually. Another sermon for another day. But he can change that sinful nature. He can give us that new nature. Number two, he has the power to change our selfish want to. I want to. We need a problem. We have a problem with our want to. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to serve God. I don't want to sing Christian songs. I like the way it is in the world. I love my sin. I love going out and partying, doing the things that they do down at the two-step, feeling bad in the morning. Huh? Huh? What you need is get your want to changed. But when you get your wants to changed, when the Lord touches you, you'll want to come to the house of God. You won't want to go to the things of the world. You'll enjoy the things that you once did not enjoy at all. I couldn't stand Christian music. Now I love Christian music. I must admit, now I like the old music better than I like the new. But I'm and I realize, I'll say this since I'm passing this way, that we have to prepare for the next generation. And they're not going to enjoy the old customs that our grandparents had back in the 50s. We can't expect them to. And so we have to do some changing ourselves to get ready for them because they're here. They can cost you a dime. He has the power to change our want to. He has the pow power to change our selective direction, the way that we go, the choices that we make. He has the power. I make different choices today than I made before I was touched by the Lord. You know, my feet now get up on Sunday morning. I want to come to the house of God and fellowship with the people of God and feast upon the word of God and sing the songs that praise and honor and glorify God who is the power to change us for the better. Change us for the better. The thief was asked one time, why did you steal the purse 
Steve said, well, I was feeling bad, and I thought the change would do me good. <laughs> well, I got news for you today. Being in Christ will do you good. It is, it'll do you good. Try it. You'll like it. Nicodemus did, and he liked it. I think about people like the woman at the well. She got touched. She liked it. Zacchaeus climbed up in a sycamore tree, and the Lord called him down and said, I'm going to go to home with you. You know what? He liked it. He liked it. When you take Jesus home and it lives in your home, it's, it's gooder. Amen. I know that's not good English. The Philippian jailer did the same. It was gooder for him. Amen. Because he got touched. He got touched. And so he gives us a new position if we are in Christ. He gives us a new, new uh, personality. We have become new creatures, new creation, new people. Had a fellow live with my neighbors in Texas City. He said, I was saved last year. He said, my son keeps waiting for me to get over it. <laughs> he said, I got news for him. I ain't going to get over it. That's what the Lord does when he touches you. He touches you for good. He touches you from the inside out. I remember the, the testimony of a prostitute down in Houston that was saved on the street. Somebody was willing to share Christ with her. She was in church and she got up and gave her testimony. She said, one day I went down on my knees as a prostitute, but I came up a child of the king. That's what he does, just like that. He changes you, gives you a new personality, a new person. And then a new potential, a new potential. He says, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. The guilt is gone because you've been forgiven. And not only have you been forgiven, but you've been justified. You've been pardoned from the guilt of sin or from the, pardon, from the penalty of sin. The justification gives you, removes the guilt of your sin. No longer guilty. Just with God. Just if you had not sinned. Therefore, being justified by faith, Paul said in Romans 5.1, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you today, there is no peace like the peace of being forgiven by God who is your judge. There's no peace that's like it. As the old song says, I gave you my old tattered garments. He gave me a robe of pure white. I'm feasting on manna from heaven. That's why I'm happy tonight. He gives us a new hope like the anchor of our soul a new hope you know you can live without a lot of things but you can't live without hope and so we find in the book of hebrews chapter 6 and 9 and verse 19 that he gives us hope like an anchor of the soul hope like an anchor of the soul you know uh, uh there's a, a, a hope in the english language is a is a weak word in the Greek language, it's a strong. It means an earnest expectation. I know that I'm saved. I don't have a guess so or a hope so or a think so thing. Man, I've got a know so thing. That's my hope because my hope is in Christ. It's not in myself. Not only a new hope, but also a new helper. Romans three twenty-seven, Romans eight thirty-seven. He says that we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. I'm on the winning side. You say, how do you know? Well, first of all, I read the end of the book. And God's people win on, at the end. Amen. 
I'm glad of that. And he has helped me conquer a lot of things in my life. And when the battle is raging, and when it looks like I'm losing, I'll look to my help and say, help! And at the end of the day, I become a conqueror because he fought the battle for me. I've learned a lot of stuff in these 50 years that I've been pastoring churches. And one of the biggest things that I have learned is to turn things that you can't change over to the Lord. There's a lot of things I don't, you know, that I don't like. Get in my crawl sometimes. But I just have to turn them and whatever they're doing over to the Lord. And say, Lord, it's a hard case, but I'm giving it to you. And I'm going to sit back and watch and see how you solve it. I got a problem, Lord, but I'm going to give it to you. Watch how you solve it. You know what? That's one of the biggest lessons I've learned. So he's our helper. And then he gives us not only a new hope and a new helper, but a new home. A new home. A home that will make our troubled hearts rejoice. I look forward. Going home. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. And that's why Jesus said in John 14, verse 3, verses, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. You know, I have lost a lot of friends in the last couple of years. And I was thinking about the other day, some that members here, some of your spouses that were here and going to heaven and seeing them again. And I get thinking, you know, the longer I get to stay here, the more people I'm going to know up there than I do down here. <laughs> and so it'll be a joy. If you get there before I do, you tell them. Last time you saw me, I was headed that way and looking forward to getting you there. If you're a child today, if your parents are saved, you can rejoice. Because one day you're going to have to lay them in the grave unless you die first. But chances are they'll die first. And you'll stand at that casket or at that grave and say they're not here. But they are with the Lord. And one day I'll join them. Some of you will have to lay your spouses in the dirt. And it's a great comfort to know that you'll see them again. You don't have to say goodbye. You just say, I'll see you later. And one of these days when you go, they'll be sitting on the far side of Jordan and you'll see them splashing their way across it to greet you. And say, welcome home. I'm glad you're here. It's worth it all. And so the Lord is in the changing business. I had walked life's way with an easy tread, the poet said, and followed where pleasures and comforts led until one day in a quiet place, I met the master face to face. With station and wealth and rank for my goal, much thought of my body, but none for my soul. I had entered to win in life's mad race when I met the master face to face. 
I had built my castles and reared them high until they pierced the blue of the sky. I had sworn to rule with an iron mace when I met the master face to face. I met him and knew him and blushed to see that his eyes filled with sorrow were fixed on me. I faltered and fell at his feet that day while my castles melted and vanished away. Melted and vanished and in their place naught could I see but the master's face. I cried aloud, oh, make me meet to follow the steps of thy wounded feet. My thought is now for the souls of men. I lost my life to find it again. Ere since one day in a quiet place, I met the master face to face. Can you go back in your mind today to a place, a quiet place where just you and the master met? Have you met the master? If you're looking today online, the question is real. Have you met the master? Have you felt his touch? If so, have you given him thanks for making all things new? Making you a new creature. And old things have passed away. Be all and all things become new. Father, we thank you today for your word is rich and real. We thank you, Father, today for your heavenly touch, your divine touch that changes us not from the outside in, but from the inside out, that gives us a new heart, a new desire to be what you would want us to be, to live a life of gratitude for a Savior that was willing to die in our place in Calvary one that was willing to come into our lives and take that cosmic loneliness out and make this life make sense and give us a home after this life is over. Because life is short and death is certain and eternity is long. I pray today, Lord, that if there be one, even one, under the sound of my voice has, who has never ever felt your touch, that today that they would give you a personal invitation in the name of Jesus to come into their heart and their life, be their Savior and forgive their sins and pardon their judgment and give them a home in heaven. I pray, Father, today that you'd bless our hearts, warm our hearts, fill our hearts, thrill our hearts, that we would let the whole world know that the touch of the Master's hand is the best touch they can ever have. In his name we pray. Amen.